Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Apparently, the NFL and the NFLPA came close to getting a collective bargaining agreement done well in advance, but then they decided to go back to neutral corners. What does it mean? We bring on Ben Fisher, NFL reporter for Sports Business Journal, to tell us. Ben, Jody Mack here in New York. How are you, bud? Hey, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Good. Uh, Did I do a decent job of describing where we sit now in the ongoing relationship between the NFLPA and the National Football League owners and negotiators? Um, Yeah, I'd say so, more or less. I would say that you shouldn't expect them to stay in their corners for long. I think Tuesday (laughs) there's going to be a meeting in Indianapolis. Not clear how productive that meeting is going to be, but uh, they haven't quite given up on this uh, immediate prospect of a deal right now. Some people, media members, guys who get good inside information, uh, were tweeting and reporting some fairly optimistic things about this potentially getting done. But then all of a sudden it was, no, we're shutting down the meetings. We'll reschedule to start them back up again, but we're each going to go to our neutral corners for a period of time. What stopped the progress? Well, on Friday, the players' executive committee got together with the 32 player reps, and basically, there's a certain percentage of the players' union leadership that is steadfastly opposed to a 17th game, and in addition to the schedule for the first time since 1978, at any cost. And there's another faction of the union that is perfectly willing to consider a 17th game as long as, you know, they get a commensurate value from the owners in terms of increased share of revenue and all that. And that looks to be almost perfectly split 50-50 at the leadership levels of the union. So, you know, when there's not a clear consensus at that level, it's it's hard to, you know, for the union to proceed. They um, are a democracy as much as the 32 owners are. Right. If the leadership level is split... Has anyone speculated on, and I know this is almost impossible, but that's what they ask us for, uh, to do from time to time, uh, on the overall uh, body of NFL players and what way they would be leaning uh, are the uh, players who are representing the, the executive council and the 32 player reps, are they uh, taking their stance as per the way things are shaken out on their roster as of right now? And how do guys who are free agents are going to be free agents? actually get their voice heard if they're not really a member of a team right now? Well, anyone who is, um, you know, a, a, an active player, even if they're free agents, have a vote on this. So so I don't think that's, that's too much of a concern. The bigger issue is just, you know, getting a handle on what sort of the, the broader rank and file think. Because as you might, I mean, this is maybe fairly obvious, but it's an important aspect of 
inter-union uh, politics that there's a huge range of players, you know. J.J. Watt comes out on Thursday night and says, I'm a hard no on the CBA. Right. And, you know, you assume he speaks for a certain number of people, but he's, you know, in the top 1% of earners in the NFL. The In terms of raw numbers, the majority of players in this player, in this union are just, you know, working day guys. You probably haven't heard of them unless you're on, they're on your team or on your fantasy team. And they don't make much money comparatively at least and they're just hoping to have a three or four year career and make what they can while they've got and their interests are very different from the uh the most dedicated union activists who tend to be you know better known players too is there strength on the executive committee right now uh because it is ever-changing it is only in place it's always in place but it it does its most important work when collective bargaining and agreement discussions are ongoing is it a good group right now? Do you think they've got a good grasp on what the overall rank of file wants? I, I think they do. Um, you know, I guess that's one of the million-dollar questions. That, that <laughs> really, on the outside, we don't we don't have a really strong understanding to what extent these people view themselves as representatives of the rank and file versus you know independent decision makers. The difference is those eleven those eleven executive committee members have been uh, intimately aware of every turn of the screw in the negotiations over the years. So that more than any necessarily um, ideological position, they just have an intimate factual awareness of what the trade-offs were and what's possible or not. Um, they voted six to five against this deal on Friday. So they're hair split. And that's weird that they um, voted against a deal that presumably they had been giving their actual negotiators, um, executive director DeMora Smith and other lawyers at the table, close instruction over the last 10 months, but they voted against the deal that currently is in front of them on Friday. That's just a recommendation to membership, though. Understood. Um, the fact that uh, we are talking about a, an extended schedule, an extra game, I see where the rub would come and where the players would uh, be at first unless the uh, reasons to do it, a.k.a. added value, uh, were evident that just off the top of their head they would say no. Uh, the owners seem that seem to me be driving force as to why we're doing this collective bargaining agreement as far in advance as we are. They they uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Don't know how long you've been following it, but I don't ever remember a collective bargaining agreement being done more than a year in advance. What are we supposed to read into the reason? Who was I'm sure it was the owners who were pushing this. Was it because they were so desperate to get to a 17th game in a given year? Well, um, no, I'd say that the main reason, the 17th game is very important. I think that's a chance for them to greatly improve their, their revenue picture, obviously. Um, but uh, the real reason they're pushing for it now is because this lines up their negotiations with ABC and Fox and ESPN and NBC and CBS and everybody else in a really good spot. They can get a lot more out of the TV channels that carry their, their games if they've got labor peace guaranteed. And... The media rights deals actually don't expire for two more years, but the NFL is driven very powerfully right now by a sense that they are in a particularly strong position vis-a-vis those media rights deals, and it may not last. It's a seller's market, but they're worried about, you know, this unpredictable future of TV. I mean, every day a few more people cut the cords, and that's changing the whole media business, and if they wait a year, maybe those companies won't have as much money to give them. Um, you know, maybe the economy takes a downturn, the advertising market dries up. So they really think that their chance to get maximum value from the broadcasters is now, but they have a hard time 
doing deals with the broadcasters until they lock in a long-term labor deal. So the players sense that they've got some leverage right now because the owners want to do a deal now, and the players are pretty content to take 13 months if they have to. Strike while the TV revenue iron is hot. I get that from an owner's perspective. Uh, But since they have made such an aggressive move to get it done at this point, if they don't, does the deal actually come back lesser for the uh, the players? Are we looking at that much more difficult a negotiation if we get past the point of no return as far as adding to the schedule, either adding playoff revenue, uh, an extra game, like has been rumored, and or that 17th game? Uh, do the owners kind of dig their heels in and go, all right, you're not doing it now. Not only aren't we going to make this offer again in the future, it's going to actually be a lesser offer, and then we start talking about things like strike. Right. Well, that's certainly what owners want players to believe. Owners very much are trying to signal the players that things are going to get worse for them if they wait a year. Um, you know, we're guessing right now how much of that is a bluff versus how much of that is reality. But there is some basis to believe that is more than a bluff. Uh, you know, that's what happened in 2011. The players uh, turned down a deal. It turned out to be better than the ones they ultimately took. And the closer you get to an actual work stoppage, you have to confront the basic historical historical fact here that the union doesn't seem to have a lot of leverage in a traditional strike work stoppage situation, uh, and I think the player, I think the owners sort of know that. So it's tempting to think they're bluffing because you know why do a deal now? But um, you know there's not an insignificant number of players who are worried about what happens if they don't don't take it now. Ben Fisher, NFL reporter from Sports Business Journal, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, so where do we go from here? Uh, meeting scheduled for Tuesday in Indianapolis. Can they jump right back into the mix and uh, get this thing back on the tracks and headed in a potential agreement direction? Or is this now just still feeling each other out? They surely took a step backwards, but it can be made up uh, in quick fashion if that's what both sides want to do. Uh, what is accomplished in the next meeting, do you project? Well, pretty much all those hypotheticals you just sort of ran through <laughs> as you're setting up the question. I think the answer to all those is, is yes. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's a really confusing situation because on Thursday when the owners voted to sort of say, okay, we've been talking for 10 months and this is where we are and this is our, our best effort, take it or leave it. Um, they said that they said we wouldn't negotiate again, at least for the short term. Uh, the players on Friday said, well, we'd like to meet with you again. And the owner said, okay, but they haven't committed to actually negotiating again. So it's not clear that this meeting is anything more than a handshake and a cup of coffee, and then we're going to go our separate ways. So that would say that if it's not an actual negotiating session, then that would be very pessimistic. But at the same time, the union said that they were intending on going ahead and putting this deal to their rank and file on Friday or by Friday of next week for a vote. And if that gets 50 plus one, 50 percent plus one support, then the deal is done, regardless of what happens on Tuesday. So it's not entirely clear what the purpose of this meeting on Tuesday is or how much, you know, movement in the actual terms of the deal we can expect. So it's all a little bit of a mess to sort out right now. All right. Kind of spinning off this, but staying within the key aspect of what's going down, television money. 
Uh, there have been some rumors floating around that Tony Romo is not only going to become the highest paid color football analyst of all time, he's just going to bury everybody who's ever done this before, including John Madden and anybody else. Um, that tells me that, the at least on the TV side, they believe the property is worth uh, hundreds and billions of dollars uh, if they're going to uh, deign to pay a color analyst as much as being rumored out there right now. What happens with Romo's deal if they can't get a uh, uh, CBA done, which then the union, the TV networks can't give them the money that they want? Is Tony Romo's employment being held up by this uh, players' owners' conversation? Um, I think, and, and to be clear, I'm, I'm stepping out on a limb here a little bit. Uh, the dividing line between what I know and what I'm sort of guessing Understood. is a little blurry here, uh, but. Um, I think right now there is still enough optimism that there will not be any sort of work stoppage that, you know, I don't think this plays a huge role in the Tony Romo question right now. I still think it is dramatic and as unusual as the current situation is, we're still a long way from missing any actual football time. So I've got to imagine Tony Romo, his agent, ESPN, CBS, are all basically considering that to be a separate subject from, from his paycheck and his contract right now. All right, kind of away from the conversation we're having, but NFL-related. Any of your sources telling you, anybody you talk to inside the NFL who's got a good grasp on things, is the NFL paying any attention to the XFL? No, the quality of football isn't what it is. It's not a competitor. They're not trying to cut into the NFL. They're just giving football fans a winter-slash-spring alternative. But they do have some interesting rule changes and different ways to do things. Is the NFL paying attention, or would they specifically not even look at the XFL because they don't acknowledge their existence? Well, I think it's mostly the latter. Uh, certainly, officially, the NFL's party line on the XFL is, who are they? Uh, what, what does it matter? You know, we're, we're the professional football league in this country. Um, I think unofficially, they are paying attention, but it's a binary question. Does this have a shot or not? I think they're probably – look, if it's three years from now and the XFL has demonstrated some clear capacity to continue on as a going concern, then the NFL will start asking questions like, can we maybe turn this into a minor league? I mean, everyone in player scouting would love a second place for pros to play because there's just not enough live snaps on film for people to be making good decisions. So the NFL would really like a second-day league out there. But I don't think they're inclined to uh, put too much of their mental energy into the XFL until they can sort of get to that binary question of this. Is there any possibility this still exists in 10 years or not? Because until we can get to a yes on that, why waste the time? No, I hope to, I, I, you know better than me, so I'm sure you're closer to understanding it or getting right, right than I am. But I do like a couple things the XFL has done. The kickoff, I think, is... Tremendous. The NFL hasn't been trying to figure they've been trying to figure it out for 20 years and they haven't come up with anything near as good as they have. I hope they don't cut up their nose despite their face just because they don't want to acknowledge it. There are a couple of things I think they could learn from the XFL, but that's just me. Ben, great stuff. I appreciate you being just you. Thanks for hopping on with me. We'll talk to you again down the road. Sounds good. Anytime. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.